Conservative? You bet. Controversial? Right again. It's time to squabble on The Jim Benson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Jim Benson. I'm sorry, the Jim Benson Show, conservative talk radio addressing the issues that concern you here on the BBS Radio Network. Just a couple of days after our last show on October 31, there were elections across the country for local and state offices. And even though this year is an off year for most elections, there were some very significant races and ballot measures including Virginia and New Jersey governor's races and initiatives to abolish, I believe, the Milwaukee police and and encourage election fraud in New York. By and large, across the nation, it was a sweep for Republicans and conservatives and, and ballot initiatives promoted by communists, other socialists, communism being the extremist form of the extreme form of socialism, and their political allies, the their ideological allies as well, the so-called liberals and progressives, these initiatives went down in flames, like the aforementioned abolish the police and encourage election fraud. If you listen to my past shows, you know I and at least tens of millions of other Americans and people around the world, possibly hundreds of millions if you count everybody, have no doubt there was massive and well-planned and coordinated fraud that it was employed to steal the 2020 elections for the Democrats and the political left in this country and around the world, handing the presidency to Joe Biden. Biden is a man I and many others consider a longtime criminal and communist operative. This was done to destroy the USA so that it can eventually be subjugated and turned into a vassal state of the People's Republic of China. The Chinese Communist Party has been assiduously working for many years now to infiltrate, corrupt, and influence, if not outright control, our political, governmental, educational, and cultural institutions, and they have succeeded to a considerable extent. As you probably know, the CCP has also allegedly been involved in orchestrating election fraud across the USA. If you paid attention to the vast number of reports in alternative media… Since we know the supposedly mainstream, traditional establishment media are essentially nothing but shills, mouthpieces, propagandists, bootlicks for the Chinese communist and democratic parties. You're aware of the revelations from the many emails and other information on Joe Biden's son Hunter's abandoned laptop computer. These show – or at the very least strongly suggest in absence of conclusive proof that Joe Biden with some of his relatives has engaged in astounding corruption for many years, selling influence or the promise of influence in the U.S. government in return for many millions in direct payments and financial backing of billions for his relatives' businesses from entities associated with the CCP along with corrupt officials of other foreign governments around the world. It's safe to say that the information provided on Hunter Biden's laptop, if it's true, Joe Biden is badly compromised by the communist Chinese, not to mention other governments. And he and members of his family are national security risks, and Joe Biden should never have even been allowed to run for president in 2020. The staggering election fraud in 2020 and the ensuing cover-up by the political establishment in this country An establishment deeply entwined with powerful oligarchs and globalist elitists flush with communist Chinese cash has sickened many Americans and plunged us, as election integrity warrior Mike Lindell has said, into the twilight zone we've been living in ever since November 2020. With the shocking, sickening… Absolute refusal of people like former U.S. Attorney General and deep state mole Bill Barr, along with other members of our government, to do anything about the mountain of evidence of this horrendous conspiracy and fraud. The mountain of evidence, I should say, pointing to a horrendous conspiracy and fraud in the elections. American patriots have been left to themselves to organize and fight back. And fight back we have. In 2021, Election Day results showed a resurgence of the political right. Nevertheless, one year after what Lindell calls the greatest crime of the century, at least in America, 
Joe Biden and other corrupt Democrats and Republicans remain in office, President Trump, whom the late conservative commentator Rush Limbaugh called the president in exile, remains out of office. And the citizens of this country have been forced to watch helplessly as Biden and his communist and communist-supporting allies have engaged in a monumental campaign to radically transform America into a socialist hellhole. And even though this month's national election showed promising signs of the possible beginning of a political and ideological reversal, there is still evidence that massive election fraud continues to be perpetrated on the American people in order for the political left to gain and consolidate its power and utterly destroy our country. You will shortly hear more evidence of this, but right now allow me to cite just a few examples. Mike Lindell and his team of support and supporters have since last year's election day been working to expose what they assert to be highly sophisticated electronic vote manipulation through computer hacking of voting machines and or the machines they are connected to, which connect them to the internet. This vote manipulation, Lindell and others contend, resulted in the switching of millions of votes cast originally for Donald Trump to Joe Biden. <clears throat> Along with this disaster, millions of other votes were allegedly fraudulently cast for Biden through corrupt and illegal practices across the country, particularly in the half dozen key swing states that decided the election. This was allegedly accomplished by illegally preventing Republican and poll watchers across the uh, – I'm sorry – Republican poll watchers access to observe millions of fraudulent paper ballots, which were recorded as votes for Biden. And now, of course, as you know, when there's an effort to have a full forensic audit and examine these ballots and the routers and logs and so forth, it will show what happened to the votes in the electronic chain of custody. We were met with a wall of silence, with a wall of denial, with a wall of obstruction. Across the country. In the recent recall election of leftist darling California Governor Gavin Newsom, people watching the vote count on television saw more than 350,000 votes for recalling Newsom instantly disappear from the pro recall vote total column. The recall was supposedly defeated by something like three to one in California. Newsom, by the way, is being floated as a possible future U.S. presidential candidate by the political left. And on election night earlier this month, in the New Jersey governor's race, Republican challenger Jack Ciotarelli was leading incumbent Democrat Governor Murphy, the state's largest county, Bergen, reportedly that night – I'm sorry, reported that night with 100 percent of the votes counted that Ciotarelli was leading there. Then in a pattern all too familiar to observers, suddenly, early the next morning – 40,000 new votes for Murphy were mysteriously discovered and counted in Bergen County, propelling Murphy to the lead in Bergen and across the state. And Murphy was subsequently declared the winner. <clears throat> in Virginia, Republican gubernatorial candidate Glenn Youngkin defeated radical leftist Democrat and former Governor Terry McAuliffe, while other Republicans swept lesser state offices and gained a slim majority in one, at least one branch of the state legislature. But as pro-Trump lawyer Lynn Wood observed on his Telegram channel after the election, there's a lot of speculation that those forces who have evidence suggests likely been controlling our elections nationally for at least the last two decades or if not controlling, influencing, may not have pushed their fraud and rigging as far as they could on Election Day 2021 in order to throw off the widespread suspicion in this country that our elections are indeed rigged. Lynn Wood states, quote, many have speculated that the enemy threw the patriots a bone to distract us from investigating and fixing 2020. When will we the people wake up to the reality that the entire political election system in the United States has been hijacked by the enemy and is rigged? Elections in our country have been rigged for well over two decades. In 2020, the cheat became obvious and provable due to the Trump wave. 2020 is the one chance we may have for many years, if not decades, to fix our democratic republic and save our constitution, our bill of rights, and our freedoms. Fix 2020 or bust. End quote. Mike Lindell and pretty much everyone else fighting for election integrity agree toward this end. 
I'm sorry, they do agree with this, what I just quoted to you from Lynn Wood. Toward this end, Lindell put out his absolute video series, available for viewing on his new website and free speech platform, frankspeech.com. That's F-R-A-N-K-S-P-E-E-C-H dot com. Laying out his and his team's case that the 2020 election was rigged and riddled with fraud. There was also put forth in Lindell's recent cyber symposium broadcast on his website. I'm sorry, this, this, this material was also put forth, along with a lot of other stuff, on his uh, website in the recent cyber symposium that he had. Lindell, whom I consider one of the great patriots of our time, has been traveling the country speaking with officials and organizing people to fight for election integrity and reverse – that is to decertify the election results of 2020. And that is a very tough fight, no doubt. Lindell has been preparing in conjunction with state officials around the country a bill of complaint lawsuit, and I'm not completely unsure how that works, but uh, I heard it called the bill of complaint, to undo the 2020 election. Almost all the judges, right up to our Supreme Court, who were initially approached with lawsuits alleging 2020 election fraud, have declined to consider these cases or even view the evidence. Lindell is hoping that this time his team, in cooperation with state's attorney generals from across the country, can convince the Supreme Court to at least consider their case. And we'll be filing it with the high court on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I believe that's November 23rd. This will be done together with a 96-hour telethon Lindell is putting on on frankspeech.com to be broadcast around the world beginning at midnight on Wednesday, November 24th, which I – I'm sorry – Yes, and I believe what that means is that it will start at 12 you know, basically at 12.01 a.m. November 25th will be in the beginning of it. Uh, so it will be Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, Friday, the following Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, ending, I believe, midnight on Sunday night. That's the talk right now anyway. Um, check the website for the exact times, but uh, I haven't seen a notice up immediately about this on his website it's been changed the times and stuff have been changing a bit by bit recently but we'll see but uh it's planned for basically from thanksgiving through the sunday after thanksgiving that sunday november 27 will be the broadcast of my next show and i hope to bring you highlights of the telethon laying out lindell and his team's case for convincing the american people that the 2020 election was indeed rigged and convincing the supreme court to take the case it remains to be seen what the high court will do since it's a bitter disappointment, and in my opinion, dereliction of their duties, the three Trump-appointed justices previously sided with reputedly compromised Chief Justice John Roberts and the three leftists on the court to refuse to consider, even consider, earlier cases seeking to overturn the 2020 election, or at least dispute it. Whatever the Supreme Court does, however, Lindell, who is being sued for billions for allegedly def- defaming Dominion voting machines and election management company is also promoting a plan for the nation to rid itself of the use of electronic voting machines, which election integrity supporters contend are subject to hacking for manipulation of votes. And this is where Red China has come in, according to Lindell and others. For anyone interested in the subject, I strongly recommend that you tune in to frankspeech.com and watch as much as the, much of the 96-hour telethon as you can to see what's prepared, presented and decide for yourself. Now let's begin listening to a few sound files from commentary about the, this month's elections and election integrity battles. To start, here's audio from the Dan Bongino Show. November 3, with his take on the results of the November 2, 2021 elections. Bongino is a former U.S. Secret Service, I think, Secret Service agent, I believe, uh, who is also has a show on Fox TV. Play sound by one, please. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Atlanta wins the World Series, GOP routes last night. It was a good day, ladies and gentlemen. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to go through a quick election update because there are things you might have missed last night. We're going to go through through some thank yous. Uh, Who really deserves a thank you for this route across the country yesterday? We're going to have the best uh, liberal MSNBC, CNN meltdowns. They were uh, fantastic. And we're going to discuss, as we are on my Fox show this weekend as well, 
other victories and the best of the rest, as we'll call them. Things you may not have heard about. It wasn't just Virginia and New Jersey, folks. The destruction was everywhere. First, a quick update. It is insane, crazy, crazy pills time, Morpheus Neo blue red pill time that New Jersey is still too close to call. The New Jersey governor's race in any normal election year based on sheer numbers alone, Democrats outnumber Republicans in New Jersey by a massive margin in any regular election year. New Jersey's Democrat candidate should win in a route. The fact that New Jersey in this hyper-partisan environment we are in now, that uh, 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 the, the race and the Murphy-Citarelli race is too close to call is insane. It's 49.6 to 49.6. I don't know what's going to happen, but I want you to keep in mind, Sleepy won the state, New Jersey, by 16 points, not 1.6, 16 points. That is a massive earthquake. That is a tsunami. That is a level five tornado on that tornado scale. What is it, an F5? Or is it, in, I don't even know. But it's a big, badass tornado. This is huge. Second quick update. It looks now that there's going to be a sweep at the state level in, in uh, Virginia. At the state level offices. AG, LG, Lieutenant Governor, and Governor. Youngkin, Sears, and uh, Jason Meares. Huge. Huge. It also looks like the state house in Virginia is going to flip back to Republican control. Huge. Huge. School board routes around the country. The Minneapolis anti-police measure goes down in flames. New York City ballot initiatives to institute ways to cheat on elections went down in flames. Folks, it was a bloodbath. Okay, I stand corrected. The initiative to abolish the police was not in Milwaukee, as I said earlier. It was in Minneapolis, I guess. <laughs> That's if he's stating the correct correctly. And uh, if you haven't didn't pick up on it, uh, he refers to Joe Biden as Sleepy. There, Sleepy took New Jersey by sixteen points or something in twenty twenty twenty. <clears throat> if you've been following the battles over election fraud and for election integrity, you know that Arizona. The first and so far the only state to conduct a real forensic audit of the 2020 election. And despite being unable to look at electronic files and hundreds of thousands of scanned ballot images having been – which were mysteriously destroyed and or deleted, that audit has uncovered shocking and very serious improprieties and likely illegality in the state's election processes. These results have been turned over to the election – the state's attorney general for investigation. Here's some audio from another election integrity warrior, Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, analyzing what's been going on with the Arizona audit and the establishment's frantic efforts to confuse everyone about it and convince the public that nothing wrong occurred in the 2020 election there, backed up by their sycophants in the media, one and the same, peas in a pod. This is from a broadcast on Pulitzer's Locals.com site, October 31. Play sound by two, please. Hey, folks, welcome back. Listen, everybody's on pins and needles wanting to understand this Arizona audit, the results, and is the attorney general in Arizona, Bernovich, is he going to do anything? Well, one of the indications you should always look at in the media is the media gives itself away. Now, number one, they have told you that in Maricopa that there was no change, nothing was found. But immediately now what's hitting the airways are reports that say Maricopa 2020 auditors made up the numbers election analysts say. And it's saying a trio of election analysts claim they found faulty numbers in the Arizona Senate higher contractors hand recount of the ballots in 2020 elections. And they're saying these discrepancies are so large they cannot be brushed aside. This is absolute crap. Because you cannot tell what was counted from the reports released. And so they're already on the defensive. They're on the defensive because they know 
fan is about to hit the fan. Take a listen to Karen Fan and what she said. We have Senate President Karen Fan who ordered this audit. She is in the center ring. And Senate President, you know, I just spoke with Doug Logan this morning, and I would like to get your perspective on this as well. The conclusions the auditors arrived at have disappointed a lot of people. But given that you have said from the very beginning that the audit was not about overturning an election, were you disappointed? Uh, no, and here's why. Well, I'll tell you what I'm disappointed is. I'm disappointed in the fact that some of that report is inconclusive, and so we will have supplemental reports coming. And the reason why it's inconclusive is because Maricopa County did not turn over the routers, did not turn over the splunk logs. They have now admitted before Congress that they deleted files the day before the, um, everything was supposed to be turned over to us. They admitted in Congress that, um, actually, they said that they had to, they had to delete them to make room for a, an upcoming election. However, Congressman then pointed out that there were still elections on the server from previous before 2020, and they couldn't explain why that was. And when they said, "Oh, well, don't worry, the deleted files are on a backup archive." And and Congressman Biggs said, did you turn that over to the auditors in the Senate? And they said, well, no, because they didn't subpoena our backed-up archives. So this is the stuff we have been putting up with since day one of people trying to discredit and hide things. And so consequently, you know, our audit was pretty darn good, and we're not done yet. I mean, you don't hold information from the voters and the constituents and and just think you're going to get away with it. Not going to happen. Did we learn enough from uh, this experience from the audit to demand changes in the voting process? Oh, absolutely, JT. You know, um, Ken Bennett uh, testified before Congress um, the number of election laws that were broken under Adrian Fontes's, uh regime, if you will, over there. Um, and, you know, the... Not only as we as as a legislative body, right, our job is policy. Our job is to make laws, make sure they're working, and change or update laws as necessary. It is the attorney general's office to enforce those laws. So we're on a dual path now. We have turned everything we have so far over to the attorney general. He has opened up a formal investigation. He is seeking not only all the information we have, but He's digging further into information that other people have gathered, even outside of the audit. So um, he is, that's his job. He's going to hold people accountable for breaking the law and finding out exactly where those problems are. We as a Senate, this week, as a matter of fact, I'm meeting with all of my caucus members so that we can start working on legislation this week. Um, find out what laws aren't working. Find out what we need to do to strengthen the security of our election systems. And um, and part of that's also going to be holding people accountable. You know, that's what I'm excited about. I'm really excited about the uh, Republicans getting together um, and any Democrats that want free or fair elections joining you and addressing these issues so that we don't have to be in a position again where we question what the results of our elections were in Arizona. And as far as people being held accountable, not only Adrian Fontes, but I think something that really sticks in our craw is the fact that the Maricopa Board of Supervisors were able to just um, uh, fight you, fight the process every step of the way, defy subpoenas, erase information, (laughs) and really become that one obstacle where people do believe if something was hinky, it happened with them. That's very frustrating to a lot of Arizonans. Absolutely. And, and that is exactly, you hit it on the nail on the head there. It is, this is what's so frustrating to me. I mean, there's a lot of frustrating things, but one thing that's frustrating to me is I, for the life of me, cannot figure out why the Board of Supervisors and the Recorder's Office didn't agree with me right off the bat and say, let's sit down and do an audit on this. You know, let's make sure we've got a lot, we've got 45% of our voters who were polled that said, that they believe there are serious problems or fraud in our election system in Arizona. So why would we not answer their questions? 45% is a ridiculous percentage of people. I mean, it should be zero, but, you know, okay, we'll live with 1%. 
But why would they refuse to do that? Why would they not want to answer constituent questions? It's just, you know, I, I don't know. I was watching a thing on uh, the news the other night when I was in Tucson, and it was interesting. I heard a, an elected official from another state who was on a radio a TV show, and one of the questions we were talking about audits, and he said, um, well, can you imagine if we did find there was a difference in the turnout of the election and the votes, that it wasn't for Biden? And, uh, he, you know, obviously he was saying that it would be, um, I can't remember the word he used, but it, it, he would literally turn the nation upside down if that were the case. Yeah, it would turn the nation upside down, and yet we don't have any mechanism in place to address that wrong. Uh, you know, outside the course, by the time we work it out there, we're going to have another election. And that's why I think it's so important that we take care of business in each of the individual states where where you had, you know, something, some irregularities. I'm sorry, irregularities going on. We have Senate President Karen Fannett in the center ring of the conservative circus. Let me ask you this. You just mentioned that this is now in the hands of the special master and the Arizona attorney general. Um, this is about election integrity unit, I guess. Do you have confidence in them? Yes, I do. Um, uh, A.G. Burnovich has um, been waiting for the audit to be done so that he can look into it, verify. Uh, I mean, that's his job. He's going to look at it impartially. He's going to look at it and, and back up whatever information we've given him or anybody else, and then he can move forward in the best way he sees fit. So, yeah, I do. The special master, um, uh, John Shattuck, has always been known as an honorable congressman. He's been around a long time. Um, we, uh, you know, the Board of Supervisors said, we will make sure you get all the information that you need from the Splunk logs, all the questions, answers from the Splunk logs and the routers. And I can tell you that, you know, when, when we decided to go with the special master, um, my attorney advised us, our Senate attorney said, Karen, you have not lost any rights whatsoever. You are taking the high road you, to get this information. If for any reason that information is not provided to us, um, to our satisfaction, we have every right to issue another subpoena, and we can take them back to court and say, no, you said we'd get the information, you have failed again. So I am, I am, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we will get on that, all that information, because they know we're not backing down. We will go through this again, so please just work with us, and let's get this thing finished. So there you hear it directly from the Senate President, Karen Fan, Madam Karen Fan. You heard her being interviewed by J.T. Harris. This is still open. Now, you got to understand that media plays a very big role in this, but media always gives itself away. Let me explain. When the initial stuff came out, they say, see, Joe Biden won. And they played that little thing that a few hundred more votes were found by Joe Biden. But they refused to talk about the fact that there are counterfeit ballots there. That was part of the report. Now you have another wave coming out now. And this wave is done by a Boston-based uh, group called Clear Ballot Group. It's just another voting company, right? And they have a horse in this race. Now, this election group claimed they found faulty numbers in Arizona. Now, the way they said they did it, right, is and what they're trying now to get out after stuff is released and they know the big bomb's coming they're now saying the reality is is they just made up the numbers there is no way for them to tell anything from the report other than what the report is it was a hand count of 2.1 million ballots right and as the news talks about it they still put forensic audit in quotes but what's going on is they are now uh, raising concerns about this, and they are terrified of Attorney General Mark Brnovich literally diving into this. You see, what's happened is he has absolutely made sure that the records are preserved. You have to take this in sequence. The report was given. The uh, Attorney General for Arizona, Mark Brnovich, wrote a letter and basically explained to them, this clock stops now. You cannot get rid of anything. No matter what, you cannot get rid of anything. 
and that they must keep hard copies of all the documents, tangible items, and the uh, electronically stored items, all the communications, email, instant messaging used by Maricopa County, as well as county-owned and personal mobile devices and any other devices that would contain any potentially relevant data. They have to keep electronic data stored on computer systems, election systems, removable electronic media. They go all the way through it, the word processing, the spreadsheets, the database, etc. Right? Every single thing he has says you must now preserve. You are under notice to preserve because we are now going to undertake an investigation. And this includes all of the video that was uh, recorded at the MTech Center and everything else. It's out there. And it basically says you cannot get rid of any of this or destroy any of this, or literally you're going to be in a world of hurt. Now, this scares the system tremendously. It scares the system tremendously. The system is terrified because now the attorney general is going to dive into it. Now is where it becomes even a different criminal act. Remember, they weren't supposed to get rid of anything at all. Well, these bozos over at Clear Ballot, here's how they say they deduced this. They said they actually looked at the Arizona Senate's code liaison Randy Pullen's report and that they determined Cyber Ninja's hand count was short by nearly 16,000 ballots from 40 of hundred and six one thousand six hundred ballot boxes. So what they're saying already is a difference of fifteen thousand six hundred ninety-two ballots when the machine hand counts were subtracted. Now there's other groups that are actually saying that the count was off over almost two hundred thousand ballots. So think about that. Where are they getting these numbers and why are they now throwing out there? Oh, wait, well, we detected a 15,000 some odd ballot difference. And then another group saying, well, we detected a 200,000 ballot difference. What you got to understand is they know the writing's on the wall. They know that the numbers are about to come out and now they're trying to, should we say, compensate. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. That's not real. They know how many are bad. That is why they're trying to claim in excess of 200,000 got missed. And then this little discrepancy, they're saying of 15,000 something. They're now going to try to clear the second hurdle that's about to come up. You heard it here, folks. They're trying to clear a second hurdle by making everyone and their media buddies and prostitutes believe, oh, wait, it's still this and this. And then they can say, but see, we have auditors. We have certified people that really know how to do this saying, well, that's not right. They have to keep it in chaos, folks. And it's an interview with Mike Lindell on November 5, in which Lindell talks about election fraud, his upcoming telethon, and Supreme Court case. The clip starts off with Lindell commenting on voting machine company Smartmatic suing One American News Network and Newsmax just recently. In what Lindell sees as another attempt to intimidate these television networks and scare them out of providing coverage of his telethon. Play soundbite three, please. Okay, let's go to Mike Lindell. Mike, okay, hey, I, I hey, don't Steve, think you understood. Hey, what, hang hang yeah, out, out, out. Yeah, of, no, uh, yeah go ahead. <laughs> the, uh, go ahead. Um, yeah, we were just talking. Smartmatic, by the timing of them suing them, is just to suppress the Supreme Court case on the 23rd, and the Frankenthon we're going to have the, over Thanksgiving Hello. and t- showing everybody all the evidence. And uh, you know what? Uh, Smart Ma- yes. Smartmatic, why don't you sue me? I'm telling Smartmatic right now, why don't you sue me? Maybe Fox will report it so we get some news out there. Shame on them. They did it. To try, look, they obviously think they have a case. Right, they think they have a case. That's why they brought it. And so far, no, no, all don't. I'm saying, I'm just reporting. I, I'm just, I, I'm just giving you facts. I understand you yeah. say they don't have a case. They say you don't have a case, but theirs hasn't been dismissed, and yours hasn't been dismissed, right? And there've been some Trump judges handling this. And I realize you're appealing, but right now, every party's saying they're full, of, they're full of it, they're full of it, but nothing's still in court. Okay, Smartmatic did this, I think, strategically. 
was to yeah. chop block Mike Lindell on his path to the Supreme Court, particularly to give AGs and Secretary of State in their states, well, hang over a second. These guys are big companies backed by private equity. They're saying these guys, you know, is, Lind- is Lindell, are we going to go out on a limb here and Lindell is going to, you know, we're going to get it sawed off in back of us, going to end our political careers. What do you have to say about that, sir? Well, that's what I guess they are. They're trying to put fear out there again. Look at the timing. The last time they sued Newsmax and OAN was at the second day of the cyber, or the first day of the cyber symposium. And now all of a sudden I announced to the country the Supreme Court case on the 23rd. Uh, my phone's all of a sudden ringing. They want to do, they're trying to do a hit job on me on some other things. And then Smartmatic sues these OAN and Newsmax again. Who do you think the first ones I'm going to ask to air everything will be Newsmax and OAN? That puts fear in them. It puts fear in the AGs. It puts fear in the country. Oh, yeah, these big companies. What is everybody in love with Dominion and Smartmatic and Heart and ESNS? This is what they're they're killing our country. They're stealing our country, everybody. That's why we need to get rid of the machines. And we all we all got to help out and to get rid of these machines. Well, but to get rid of the machines, you got to at least represent something at the Supreme Court with some AGs, because now you've put all the chips in well, on the table. Walk people through. Well, no, there's, we know, no, there's two. There's okay. right. There's two paths here. You got the Supreme Court path. The other path, which you're going to see when we air on Frank's speech for 96 hours straight from Wednesday night at midnight to Sunday night at midnight, we're going to show you, we're going to lay out the whole plan for the whole following nine months, the ground game that's going to get rid of all machines. We're laying out a new replacement plan. We have a state that's going to get rid of the machines, and they're going to be the prototype. We have. We also wow. have a lawsuit that's going to be coming out against all machine companies, so that you'll be able to go to your state and say, "Hey, look at these machines. Uh, look what's happening over here. We need to get rid of them." We and everybody will be on that, Steve. I I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican or who you are. No, everybody wants fair elections. Uh, the people, anyway. The people need fair elections. The machines got to go. The computers got to go. Anything used with elections. That you can, you have to go back to if, France, like you said. If you thought you, you were going to, if you thought you go, if you thought you were going to have a calm Thanksgiving dinner with family, <laughs> you put politics aside, watch a little football, watch the Detroit Lions with Owen Owen fifteen or so, Owen ten by the time they play <laughs> the traditional Thanksgiving game. Dallas Cowboys, Mike Lindell, no baby, Mike Lindell, Mike Lindell's giving you ninety six hours of straight of straight Lindell. That's going to take place. We only got a minute, Mike. That takes place midnight at Wednesday. Mid, no, the, the, the case is dropping on Tuesday, the 23rd. We yep. go live on Lindell yep. TV on Frank's speech at midnight Wednesday, and we it stops midnight on Sunday. Steve, we'd love to have you on as one of the guests. Here's some more comments from Lindell, this time from a November 8 interview with Brandon House on Lindell's program, The Lindell Report, on his website, frankspeech.com. Play soundbite four, please. Um, you can't... You can't move on. Our country will be gone if we give them another three years. And that was almost a direct quote. Um, you, if they have another three years, if we got, if you guys, if these machines are here in 2022, it's over. Okay. We have, we have in front of us, we are on a time crunch right now. These machines got to go. We all see what happened in uh, New Jersey and uh, Virginia. Yes. Uh, Republican won in Virginia, but both, both of them were cyberly attacked. When I say cyber attack, there was there was a machine fraud both places. In New Jersey, they uh, you know both places there wasn't enough votes to uh, uh, where the Democrat was going to win. So then you see what they did in New Jersey. Um, I don't know if you obviously you haven't seen it on the news. Brand, well, we but, just showed the we can show the news article here again. Uh, okay, New Jersey show, governor yeah, race. Call for Democrat Murphy by 20,000 votes after he mysteriously gained 40,000 ballots overnight. Right. And we've got, uh, we've already talked to people on the ground. We have people in New Jersey. Remember, we got people in 38 states now, everybody. We got cyber forensic people everywhere. We got lawyers everywhere. We got people on the ground everywhere. We got people canvassing. And more and more groups keep joining our group. It's the cause of America. This is our new group, Cause of America. And we've, and, um, Brandon, that, that dump at night, that 40,000, um, vote dump, that's very similar, everybody. 
when you have, I'm going to explain this. When you have these machines, you can set your algorithms like you did for like Dr. Sheba back in, uh, a year ago in Massachusetts, where they set them and he loses every county by 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 40, or a precinct or wherever they have the machine. Every place that didn't have them, he, he won. Now, if, um, if you're putting into the machines and you're setting a, uh, to win by, let's say, 4%, 3%, whatever you're putting in there to win by, now, if you don't have enough race, if you get, you set your baseline, if there's too many people turn out for, let's say, the Republican and you are on the, and you are on the Democrat, you know, you are on the Democrat now, what happens is you run out of railroad tracks. So many people turned out to that you, you, you kind of run out of a race. If you're fixing a game, uh, I compare it to fixing a game. So let's say, let's say that you have a, a basketball game. And you have one player, and you got the fixes in, and he keeps missing shots and missing shots. Well, even all the other players are playing so good that they're going to win that game anyway. Well, at the end of the game, you you got to get everybody to miss shots, or you've got to like you know. I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but that's what happens overnight that they do in the middle of the night. Very similar to what Wisconsin did in the 2020 election. Uh, very similar to what. Uh, presidential election, very similar to what Michigan did. Uh, now, everyone remembers Michigan, 106,000 votes for Biden in the middle of the night. Dear, dear. Well, when that happened, um, they said, well, that was all mail-in votes. No, they counted the mail-in votes on the morning of the 3rd. So this thing just happened in New Jersey. I, I, I Now, the guy hasn't conceded, right, because they're going to do a big friend. I think they're going to do a big audit, but I've been hearing on the ground because these votes that came in, 40,000 votes, um, they're not real. They're, they're not real. There's no way, you know, what were they? What were those, Brandon? Were those uh, it's, uh, Mark Zuckerberg votes? Does he have another box over there in New Jersey? <laughs> right, I mean, exactly. We, we've been getting flood. I've been getting flood, floods of texts on my phone and emails going, they did it again. They did it in New Jersey. Now, remember. They still cheated in Virginia, even though the Republican won. But there, for some reason there, they didn't do the big dump in the middle of the night. Maybe it would have been too obvious to steal two horses at the same time. You know, I, I don't know. But there, for some reason, there was, there was definitely manipulation that went on, and there was definitely crime that went on there. But over here in New Jersey, they, they once again just made it obvious, Brandon, here you go. We're going to dump 40,000 votes in what? In the middle of the night. I mean, what do we got to do? Do we got to make our elections? You can only, you know, we got to keep them between sunlight hours. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Here's commentary from Trump lawyer, former New York City mayor and prominent former federal prosecutor, Rudy Giuliani, in an interview with, again, with Steve Bannon on Bannon's War Room program, November 4, on the ongoing battles over election fraud allegations in key states from November 2020 to present. Play sound by five, please. Mayor, in the early morning hours of uh, November 4th is when the president said, hey, we're going to shut this thing down or get back up in the morning and start counting, is when they, they, they were implementing their plan already. We're going to get you back on and go through the details of what happened and, yeah. and, and your guidance and leadership. But I want to say, on the one-year anniversary of the big steal, where do you? We got a couple of minutes here. But where do you think we stand as you look over the battlefield from Pennsylvania to Arizona to Georgia, up in Wisconsin? Take a couple of minutes and walk, folks, where you think we we really stand with this. Because obviously, we well, keep saying you can't go forward till you get to the bottom of November third, and we saw the focus on election integrity in Virginia. Now, quite frankly. The RNC and others were not on top of things in Jersey, and you see what's happening there right now is a total fiasco. There's also we're hearing reports out of Montgomery County. So walk us through where you think we stand on getting to the bomb on November 3rd and with making sure there's systems in place that this will never happen again. Here's where we are. In uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia, we have what I would call a complete record. Uh, we were ne never able to get it in court 
And then when we realized that there was something going on with the courts, because I've never heard of courts not allowing hearings. I mean, all we were asking for is hear our witnesses and we're uniformly being denied. I just came to the conclusion, right or wrong, we're dealing with some kind of a decision that was made to stay out of this case. So we switched, as you remember, we did it kind of late. We switched to the state legislatures. At first, we had no success. And after two weeks of the president calling and my calling and lots of other people calling, we started to get opportunities. So long and short of it is, we got a nice period of 10-day period right before Thanksgiving where we put our evidence in in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in Arizona, in Georgia, and in Wisconsin. And in uh, and then they had follow-up hearings with more of our witnesses. So from a lawyer's point of view, every one of those legislatures now has the evidence on which to act. There could be more. We could give them more evidence, but they have the evidence on which to act. So it's a question of, do they want to take it up? And that's what they've been fighting about. And that's the reason that we've had success, because when they talk about there were irregularities in the election, somebody like Doug Mastroianni can go to an affidavit, pull it out under oath, and show that somebody observed 150 ballots that were being uh, checked, and deliberately Republicans weren't allowed to see the ballot. Now, why would you not let Republicans not see? I mean, altogether, they refused to let Republicans see 787 ballots. And there are five witnesses to that. So why would you do that if you were convinced that the ballot were legitimate? And then how is it possible that that conduct gets repeated in five other places at exactly the same time when this has never been done before? The practice in, in looking at uh, mail-in ballots has always been, I participated in it twice, Republican looks at it, Democrat looks at it, we're happy with the signature, it goes in. We're unhappy, we got to adjudicate it. Here, the Democrat looked at it. <laughs> no Republican. I don't think a Republican got to look at a single paper ballot in Pennsylvania, of which there were 785,000. Technically, they're R all illegal under Pennsylvania law, if it's interpreted Pro, 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 progress is being made in Arizona, and there's this big firestorm about starting decertification, about the votes, and about the session that's coming up in the legislature right after Christmas. But in places like Georgia, which you're particularly – I think Roethlisberger's got a book out now spreading all kind of misinformation. Uh, the pressure's just not on Kemp enough – and we only got a couple minutes here. The pressure's not on Kemp enough to add it to the special session where they're talking about redistricting. In your mind. What needs to be done to raise the heat on these people? Because we're in courts somewhere. We're in courts in Pennsylvania. Wisconsin's way down the road. We're going to get a whole special report in Wisconsin from people. But in, let's pick Georgia, which is a cesspool of their voting. What is it going to take from MAGA to force the hand of the establishment public, uh, politicians? Well, I mean, what's going on in Georgia is an obstruction of justice led by the governor and Rosenberger. And I don't know what they're hiding, but uh, if they're not hiding anything, then they're just plain crazy. I mean, the If you were a U.S. attorney, if you were a U.S. attorney back in your old days, you would prosecute for obstruction of justice? It would be in the grand jury. Uh, how, how, how can you not look at that video uh, that is a slam dunk that the Democrat uh, operatives are uh, counting votes surreptitiously and illegally after they threw the observers out? It looks like a bank robbery. And then you have other pictures of those same women stuffing machines, handing off hard drives to be put into the machines that were not accessible by Internet. <laughs> so what do you have a hard drive for? So you got two pieces of evidence there that blow the case wide open. And I don't know how they pull their way out of it. Even the FBI wouldn't take that up. That's outrageous. You have evidence that they we're, burned ballots. The FBI so you would you would you would you would take it you would take it for a grand jury. Look, I want to tell everybody I've known this guy for years. He was critical to Trump's rise and the victory in sixteen. He was with us and through all the impeachment. He's been a counsel to the president, the best counsel he's got. He's taken more personal heat than anybody in this nation. I see what they tried to do to me, and it's nothing compared to what they've done to Rudy Giuliani. They tried to bankrupt him. They tried to destroy him. Tried to take his law practice away. He's still one of the greatest living. Americans for his courage and his patriotism. Wow. Thank you.
By the way, Steve Bannon, a former Trump advisor, was indicted by a Washington grand jury November 12, two days ago, for refusing on advice of President Trump claiming executive privilege to testify and turn over documents being sought by the House committee investigating the disturbance at the U.S. Capitol January 5 during the march on Washington that day by an estimated 800,000 Trump supporters, only a tiny fraction of whom took part in the trespassing and violence at the Capitol later. <clears throat> the indictment follows Bannon being found in contempt of Congress for his actions and is extremely rare. The last such case of this type of acts occurring nearly 50 years ago and which I believe ended in acquittal. Many conservatives see this action by the Democrat-controlled House as another attempt to smear Trump and his supporters, make it appear the actions at the Capitol were part of an actual insurrection, and take public attention away from claims the 2020 election was stolen. One of the main arguments of the political left's attempt to turn the public against President Trump was what has become known as the Russia collusion hoax. The completely fraudulent and vacuous claim that Russia somehow colluded with Trump to steal the 2016 election, for which no significant evidence has ever been uncovered. As it turns out, as it turned out, we now know the fraudulent claim was orchestrated by Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party, which paid at least $1.1 million for the false, disparaging information about Trump and used by Democrats and rhino Republicans in Congress to impeach Trump. Special counsel John Durham was appointed to investigate just what happened with the Russia collusion hoax and hopefully bring justice to those responsible. Durham last week brought an indictment against a minor player in the information gathering for the hoax, which was used to justify the FBI spying on Trump supporters. On his Rudy's Common Sense podcast series last Wednesday and Friday, Giuliani goes over the Durham investigation, which Giuliani believes has taken far too long and states that if the investigation takes its logical and just course, it will lead to criminal charges against the key instigators of the hoax, possibly including former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, former National Intelligence Agency heads John Brennan and James Clapper, and even Joe Biden himself. Here are some excerpts from Giuliani's video podcast about this, and he in this you're hearing audio, but he is in his video podcast. He's pointing uh, at uh, at a uh, chart he made up showing the hierarchy of the people involved. Play soundbite six, please. Rudy Giuliani with another edition of Rudy's Common Sense. This edition is going to be focused on the recent uh, indictment by the special counsel, uh, Mr. Durham, against Igor Danshenko. But in a broader sense, it's going to be focused on what does that tell us about where the Durham investigation has gotten? And then how much additional light does it shed on what we all now know were false, contrived charges of Russian collusion against President Trump that we can trace back Oh, well into the early part of 2016 and, and probably even into 2015. Now, this is a, um, this indictment is very helpful in the sense that it's what prosecutors call a speaking indictment. So you can have two kinds of indictments. One indictment would just lay out on or about a certain date. Mr. Jones walked into the federally insured bank and uh, willfully and knowingly put the language of the statute and held up the bank and took $50,000. Or when you have a thing like this, that's a conspiracy that involves untold numbers of people. You generally want to lay the story out or as much as you know of the story in order to um, explain it but also in order to begin to have the wheels start turning that maybe certain people should cooperate if they want to avoid becoming the ultimate uh, uh, kingpin in the, in the indictment scheme, which is the one who will go to the prison for the most time. So just like the Sussman indictment, which is slightly on a somewhat different issue, this uh, indictment of Igor Danchenko is quite voluminous and, and written almost... Um, Almost like a like a like a crime story, 
I mean, it's, it's well written, actually. Uh, uh, there are people who feel that these these indictments, uh, these types of indictments, are unethical. These speaking indictments. Uh, I must say, I don't. I used them myself when I was a prosecutor. I used them in particularly complex cases where it's important to lay out and have people understand it. And I used it for precisely the purpose this one was being used to see if you could move further up in the in 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 the chain. Um, it does make it a little more difficult to explain this to you because it gets kind of convoluted, but I think I'm going to uh, accomplish that by doing a chart for you that once you see that chart and you take a picture of it, anytime you discuss this case with your friends, you'll understand it better than anyone because uh, I'm going to do the kind of chart I used to use when I uh, prosecuted some of the worst criminals of the latter part of the 20th century. And I don't know that Mr. Danchenko would fit into that category. Indeed, uh, my concern, which I'll express a little bit more later, is that uh, we, we seem to be going after the small fry. Now, that could be the stage of the investigation we're at, which is going along ridiculously slowly. Uh, there may be reasons I don't know, so I'll put that caveat in, but I am uh, completely frustrated by how long it has taken Mr. Durham to get where we are now. This seems to me you could have gotten here to this point a year, year and a half ago. Um, and, and he really did owe it to, to, to the American people to, without, without being unfair and without um, being irresponsible, he owed it to the American people to you know, work 24 hours a day and try to get this done before the election. Because I think when you, when, when you listen to this, like so many other things that we found out in the last four or five months, uh, it'll be just further evidence that the man we elected president was a criminal. And it is rather unnerving to have a 30-year criminal sitting uh, in charge of our country. And also, I guess on a slightly different point, one that doesn't seem to be uh, in possession of his full mental capacity. And that's kind of kind in the way I just said that. So um might have been absolutely necessary to take this long, but it's done great damage to this country. These facts should have been known before the election. And uh, it, it could have been done. So this, 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 this is a great question that this case raises. In this indictment is every element that tells you this case is a prelude to going up the ladder, one, two, three, four, and further. Obama, Biden, Brennan, Clapper. Hmm? There's no reason why it shouldn't. Almost all of the evidence is, is, is either here or suggested already to move it up. But we've seen now 20 years of fixing, 20 years of a double standard. We've seen the Clintons get away with I can't say murder, but taking hundreds of millions, including from Russia, so they get nuclear material. We've seen the Bidens disgrace us in Ukraine, sell out completely to China for millions and millions of dollars and commitments of billions. Are we going to finally, we're going to finally um, prosecute this to conclusion? so the people who are really guilty are held accountable so that we can once again, you know, come out of this, finish it, no matter how ugly it is and say, we've got a country in which we treat everybody equally. We've got a country in which we don't tolerate selling out America. Nobody gets to do that. Democrat or Republican, liberal or conservative. We've got equal justice under the law in our country. Too many people died for us, for us to just let it go to, Keep Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and Obama happy, huh? The big question, as Giuliani states, is will we finally see, with the Durham investigation, an ending of the double standard carried out over the past 20-plus years in which Democrat leftists and elitists getting, keep getting off scot-free with no consequences for wrongdoing, while those on the political right have continued to suffer with witch hunts, political ruin, and legal persecution for biter crimes or no crimes? Many of us in this country are anxiously awaiting the answer. Well, that's it for another show. 
As always, we hope you found the content of interest and value. Look for us again two weeks from today in the same two weeks from today in the same time slot. Have a great rest of your day and evening.